Welcome back to Hire Special. Everyone, so special, it doesn't need fancy music. Doesn't even need an introduction because you already no. know who we are. Welcome back, everybody. This is one of our favorite episodes every month. Just Nikki, just, you know, the two of us hanging out um, in the new virtual studio space, which basically has like about a, like one and a half square meter surface area. <laughs> It's very glam. No. <laughs> we're we're using, very close. We're using scarves and um, and outdoor furniture cushions <laughs> as uh, soundproofing. So this is a new experiment. We hope the little bar right. stools and little bar stools. I might actually break my back on one of these. <laughs> Lord. Anyways, what are we talking about today, Nikki? It's a good question. Mm, shall I, are, you, are you giving it back to me? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> We've just come out of a really special month for us because we didn't really go into an industry so much as as, um, as we were, wanted to talk about impact and about sustainability, about diversity, inclusion, um, social welfare, and how you can integrate those into your careers wherever you are, really. So we've had people that have worked in the United Nations system. We had nature conservationists, and like absolutely incredible. Um, and somebody who has wrangled the uh, the global ivory trade in Singapore. And what we wanted to do with this month is to show you that not only are there people that still have hope, um, that have that can still we can still lead the way and get out of this eventually. You know, it's as they always say, it's one minute to midnight, maybe it's a second to midnight, maybe it's a millisecond to midnight. But so long as we're all here mm-hmm. um, with a mission and we are brave enough to bring our values to where we are, I think there's still hope. And so this month was really special for us. Yeah, it was, and even not just in when you're inside a company, but what you can do outside as well in your spare time. You know, mm. some of it was volunteering too, where we had Krista talking about volunteers that she has to rely on. So there's a lot of that as well Mm. in the episodes um but yeah it was really interesting getting into the world of un and all the different things that can be done and all the different jobs you can have as well which is really interesting for our listeners i think because Mm. it's not just one thing and there's not you can't get in there there's plenty of jobs for you exactly which is what we wanted to inspire people to do as well as you sort of plot your career and your career path like "Mm, i need to sit in a research lab or have this fabulous career in marketing advertising so it was talking about um, how much marketing, advertising and campaigning work actually had to be done to. Um, and if you haven't looked at this, um, check out the episode with uh, Sud Saronbala on um, on how to slay giants. It was incredible. They ran this campaign called Ivory Lane and it was so well crafted. It was absolutely incredible. And so the skill that needed to be deployed in those fields was magnificent. So if that's what you're after, if that's the kind of work that you want to do, you don't have to do it on fast-moving consumer goods and toothpaste or palm olive hand wash. You can also do it on things that really have an impact. So I love that about this episode. Yeah, and the power of a team as well. They got that together pretty quickly. So they okay. grabbed everybody who could, you know, give them give them some help and what their best attributes were to a team and made it happen, which mm. is also really important. It was powerful social media part on that as well, which is really interesting how, mm. how that can be so powerful. I've used the same word again, but it is super powerful how you can do that and, and, and globalize it so quickly as well. True. You know, what I've also found really um, spectacular is that it doesn't have to be in those organizations. Um, when we asked, so it was quite funny. Because at the beginning of these episodes, we always do myth busting. And so we asked these like really shallow and really stupid questions for a good laugh, for a giggle and to get the energy going. And so we said to him, you know, is it the Greenpeace, WWF, Amnesty International and all the other like players are not the real Slim Shady? Like they, it makes no sense to go work for them because they don't have an impact anyways. And he actually popped that bubble for me as well. Mm. We said, it's not just the you know the giants of old that have an impact it's 
any organization at the moment, if they want to be competitive, if they want to be successful, they have to have a strong um, diversity, equity, and inclusion agenda. They need to be sustainable because consumers are awake mm-hmm. and of service. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that was just such a wonderful thing to hear because if you are out there thinking, eh, I want to have a stable career versus you know working on nature conservation feels really unstable to me, it's not necessarily the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Because these teams are growing in-house absolutely everywhere. So it's just a matter of looking around a little bit and capitalizing on it. That market um, of green economy is becoming huge. So yeah. get in there. And you can marry it together as well. And you even said, yeah, next generation, for example, are for sure getting more woke too and, and awake to everything. So I think we need to, yeah, companies need to get on that train. Otherwise, they're not going to have any employees either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did you say? They're going to get more woke? Yeah. Are you being woke right now? <laughs> oh my God. It's a millennial. No, what is it? Woke is Gen Z. Yeah, it's We true. can't do that. Oh, okay, I'm too Appropriation. Me too. Damn. Me too. Damn me too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, we had we had lots of great um, great talks and great things as well. And the power of, which we just mentioned already about SUDs and getting people together, but the power of connections, which we spoke to Krista about mm. and for her, like setting up her foundation and how she got it going was with her connections to the world of sport, to the world of business as well because she also worked in business but how she gathered those people together Mm. and and asked them to be part of something she was doing and it's very hard to ask sometimes but when you give something like she did she did a great opening and it was you know it was a get together a ceremony for people to come together especially in the UK they love those events where people are together you buy a table and your company comes and you have a great time but you're also helping a foundation to develop and grow mm-hmm. and, and it's a charity event I guess but at the same time giving people something to think about and and to come together mm. for a greater cause. It wasn't just about the feel-good factor, though, with her event. She said something very, very right. And we see this all the time with the Zoom fatigue, the endless online conferences. And come to this networking event, you're going to meet all of these people. If it doesn't have something special, if you don't enjoy, special as this episode is, if you don't enjoy being there, if there's no um, added value, no entertainment value. So she said, you know, we flew these dancers in. There was an impromptu performance. Mm. It was, it felt like a movement. It felt like people were part of something. It wasn't just about the fine dining. Mm -hmm. Mind you, the food was excellent. Not that I was there. but um, So if you want to do something, anything really, you need to put the elbow grease in it because otherwise your, your passion will just not transfer. And that's what people eventually come to see. They came for her because mm-hmm. she called for aid mm-hmm. to fundraise um, for this program. So I found that was a really interesting thing. She said, you can't just do a fundraiser. No. You have to do make it spectacular and as you said bring in people from the countries where she was going to as well it was really quite a a genius idea Mm. to make people feel that they were part of it as well and they could understand the culture a little bit you're not just giving money to somewhere you're kind of Mm. immersed in the culture a bit more which was really interesting yeah I really like this. so the other point which which uh, Sans actually mirrored in one of the top tips that he gave try different industries it sounds really, really scary. We actually have somebody coming up uh, in the month of June who is the exact opposite of this because she forged her career predominantly in one organization. And there's another way to go about all of this. But Sat said, sample different industries, mm-hmm. you know, so work in advertising, um, work in corporate, work in a small NGO, work in startups, work in scale-ups, work with angel investors. Try as much as you can because not only will it enrich your skill base and give you more sort of mental agility um, to adapt to a new circumstance, but back to Krista's example, 
she was able to pull people from all of these different industries mm-hmm. because she has traveled with her career. Mm-hmm. She's done different things, seen different people, um, and made made um, how do we say made um, connections that had variety to them. So that if she it's not person she doesn't only know people of time A, mm-hmm. she knows the whole alphabet. Yeah. And I think it's a really powerful asset, and it's always um, worth investing time in because you never know when you might need them. Exactly, and that's what Andy said. I'm just looking at his top tips again, and he said. Focus on and develop your strengths and find a job that lets you harness them. So mm. that was one of her strengths as well. She brought outside too. So you can do it in both ways. Um, obviously, in the corporate world, she was able to use those strengths, but also with her with her um, her foundation as well, bringing mm. those strengths of connecting people. And, and Andy said that perfectly in his top tip number three. Top tip number three on Instagram. Go Actually, pocket. number two. Take it back. Top tip number two on Go Hire Podcast on Instagram, everybody. <laughs> the other thing that came out of this month for me, I think this was also one of Krista's um, one of Krista's stories, is you need to dig deeper. It's so easy to say, oh, I've just you know donated money to this charity and now I'm feeling really good. But it's if you want to, not that the money doesn't go far, so keep donating money if you're at it already. But if you really want to deeply feel connected to it you need to dig deeper because what she mentioned is that we often see these pristine environments next to human environments and we need to sort of shield them guard them build fences and reserves humans are everywhere and they're also inside of these nature reserves living so if there's anybody doing agriculture and the elephants come and eat it it's a problem so any and every solution needs to be integral. It needs to be integrated and mutually beneficial. So it's not um, building apart from nature, but it's with nature. Mm-hmm. And it just requires so much, such a um, deeper look into what it actually means and not stop with the feel-good donation, but actually like dig a bit deeper, talk to local people, yeah. um, make sure that local implementation is... Um, is uh, is warranted and um, and safeguarded there's another great point on that is that like you just said um speaking to the people there and not just coming in as we're from a country with more money we're coming in to do this for you like mm. you've got to get them involved and, and and really include them in all the decisions as well and, and help people understand why you're doing it and not just go this is what you should do mm. i don't know it goes across the board on everything if you're trying to does, yeah. work in a company and you're trying to bring in a project you've got to bring in all the different people all the different stakeholders and and get everyone involved otherwise it, it doesn't work um and that's she proved that with with their what they did in kenya mm. no she did but she does uh, she's active in kenya and tanzania right so our issues are global sustainability sustainability related or otherwise but they need local support because what works in country or region a may not work in country region uh, country or region b and may even have a detrimental effect and he spoke about that as well being local as well not just thinking fully globally just think local what you can do at home too right Mm. like you said there if you want to become vegetarian you want to save some carbon footprint all of those things like eat locally then and don't buy your avocados or <laughs> buy things out of season there's so many things and we're, we're <laughs> going into another topic here but i think it's still important about the local part of us and, yeah. and don't always think globally like the same with companies if they want to tap into the lgbt community talk to the people in the company have your erg which we built um, in Philip Morris. ER who? <laughs> our ERG, our employee resource group. Employee resource group. It's so important to speak to the people who are from the communities that you're trying to work with. Mm. Um, because, yes, it's great and, and feels good for a company to want to do those things. But if they haven't spoken to the 
people, mm. then it's a very different story. You don't get buy-in from your staff. You don't get buy-in from the community either because True. even if you are being genuine, it comes across as not. So you have to be very careful with that. Mm. Which you have to be... You have to be careful, especially because nowadays it is so easy to sort of get it right, mm. to my mind. It's a bit strange. The power of the internet has relieved all of us from the feeling of having to figure it all out, uh, figure it all out on our own. Mm. So whether it's um, how do I deal with um, diversity at the workplace, online communities are there. There's people, there's experts that you can talk to. All it takes to hop on LinkedIn, find the right person, say, hey, can I have a quick 15-minute chat? I'm not quite sure how to go about this. Mm. Sure, not an issue. The same goes with sustainable consumption, with the way that you, where do you buy your linen from, mm-hmm. um, what kind of fabrics are currently okay to use in, uh, in, uh, in textiles so that you don't wash plastic down the drain when you wash mm-hmm. them in the machine. You know, it feels complicated. It feels like you have to become a PhD expert, but actually you don't. People have thought about the solutions for Mm -hmm. such a long time. And there's this perplexing thing. It's called baseline shift that every single time a new generation comes up, they treat the is state that they grow up with as normal. And then they have to sort of all start to puzzle it out themselves again Mm -hmm. because we don't have collective memory that gets passed down through birth. (laughs) And so it's a huge issue. So, we, you know, because every generation starts from scratch mm-hmm. again. All That's the time. what we always talk about, though. Knowledge transfer is mm. so important within business, too, or anything as a sports team as well. Like going back to my sports team, you know, the older players not passing their knowledge and, and the same in companies. And, and it has to go both ways. Mm. Um, knowledge transfer is a huge thing. And, and I think we forget about it a lot in many areas of our lives. Look at the world. We haven't learned from things that have happened. I know. You know, I was watching. Who was I watching the other day? Oh, we were watching some um, some NFL halftime performances and like from years ago and they were talking about the same things we're talking about now. Mm. Like they were trying to bring up issues and we're still doing it now. Like how can we still be going around and around? You know, we don't either we don't listen properly or we don't take in that knowledge and use it for the better. We, we go back into a rut. Yeah. I mean, I will not speak to this topic too much because otherwise we'd still be sitting here tomorrow. But obviously (laughs) there's um, interests out there that are not aligned with the pristine, beautiful world that Mm -hmm. we're seeing. Mm -hmm. Right. So there is a countercurrent. Yes, of course. And then there is the lethargy of, you know, overall global systems. Like try to change a team's culture, Mm -hmm. never mind a company's culture, never mind a global culture. Mm It's it takes time. I get it. I see it. But mm-hmm. I'm feeling like the will is there and people are waking up. But I need to be careful because, again, we're going to still be here tomorrow. <laughs> uh, read my blog. Read my blog. I write about this all the time. So, That's why I brought it up. Uh, thank you very, very, very much, NikkiTomSamso.com. Yay. <laughs> so let's talk about some, some career stuff. Because every now and again we have a thought and we can't fit it in, into the concept of the actual episode. But you and I spoke about this um, over dinner the other day. Um, the individual drive of one employee to just like be above and beyond all the time nonstop can be very inspiring and it's fantastic and you need people like this to pull teams to push teams but there comes a cutoff point to my, to our to my mind anyways where these people start to do like 14 hour days mm-hmm. and call it the achievement of a lifetime and what ends up happening is that that starts to become the standard for mm-hmm. behavior around the organization so you're never sleeping you're never eating you're only working and you only get paid for eight hours a day mm-hmm. mind you What's your take on that? Like, what do we do? I think it's very toxic. It's very dangerous. It is. And as you said, it can filter very quickly down 
to different levels as well. So mm. if you see your senior vice president or whatever it is in your company working like crazy, you feel like you have to do it as well and you have to answer. So <clears throat> for me, I think the best thing I've done is is probably in, in all my jobs is try to put boundaries, you mm. know, take the boundaries. I mean, my, my former job in hockey was pretty hectic because it was digital I was on my own it was like non-stop and I learned from that there as well that I had to start setting boundaries for myself because it affects everything it sort of affects your relationship your time your body your everything mm. and and yes it can it can come from the top but you still need to be able to set those boundaries but again in our podcast it's how you do that it's it's very tricky and it's not easy but you, I think you learn as you go and as you mature and you're able to have those conversations with your man- managers. Um, yeah. It's a difficult conversation, but they're the ones you have to have if mm. you want to make sure your life is balanced um, and that you're able to do your job. You know, you can't sustain that. It doesn't. Nobody can sustain that. No way. Um, there comes a point that I either get sick and then they're just, again not doing anything right not so replaced. you're doing yeah or you're doing your job or you're not doing anything outside mm. and then you get sick and then you can't do anything so it's you're never going to get out of that if you don't stop it and put the boundaries mm. there um but again it's difficult uh, very difficult i think one of our guests for um, for the month of june which um maybe to also explain this concept yet again when we transition through these different um industries it's not per se because we're saying this is the industry for you this mm. is the industry for you this is the industry for you it's just what we are realizing at this is that the career experience across this career journey in your life has a lot of commonalities across different industries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we give a quick expose about them because it's exciting. It's thrilling to talk about what it's like to work in advertising. But the actual mm-hmm. point deeper in it is what is this common language that you need to learn how to speak to actually mm-hmm. navigate your career with ease so that you can retain some time to actually work on your values, to project your values, to bring other people on board with your values. A lot of the times we look at we look at our career and it's all about getting ahead. It's getting ahead, it's getting ahead. And like you said, um, finding finding the right organization and the right culture in which that is not necessarily the case. Because I'm a bit the same. I'm also a racehorse. You know, mm-hmm. I want to do it. I want to work hard. But I feel like we have a responsibility to those around us as well to create balance, to lead mm-hmm. um, a balanced life uh, so that others have like room to actually <laughs> emulate that and come with you. And I think we will probably do like a month um, also around organizational psychology, about leadership behavior, about management. Maybe we're going to do it in August where we can dive a bit deeper into what are some of the roadblocks that um, that disable people to actually live a life that is balanced like this and uh, one of our guests next month actually going to talk about that a little bit as well what happens if you're in an organization where you can't go to your manager mm-hmm. like a lot of us have felt trapped at mm-hmm. certain stages in our lives where it's like the manager is not an option the human resource department is not an option because they won't help us they want this culture mm-hmm. they want the fast pace they want the um the competition because mm-hmm. they think it's somehow good for morale or something like that um and eventually i think peer groups are becoming really important mm-hmm. you know, take them on a side if you see that they're burning themselves out just be like hey listen what's up can i help can i share some of the burden and i think this is how teams need to operate moving forward mm-hmm. because it's become so not not easy to get a job not easy to keep a job but through remote work reach to the job market mm. is no longer um, restricted by where you are mm. And so I feel that companies will have to really step it up if they want to retain the talent because it's just so easy to pick up the phone, call somebody in Sao Paulo and be like, hey, can I work here? Yeah. With that, I just want to say have a 
wonderful Tuesday, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Yes. Bye. Let's go. Oh, oh, oh even that's a problem. Get okay, us. let's do it. Okay, wait, wait. Three. Okay, wait. Three, two, one. Let's, let's go, go get, get it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. <laughs>